everyone. My name is Anna Lomprier and this is Jules O'Neill and we are the Wayfinders for the Cornwall Memory Cafe Network. Oh, hello everybody. Here we are again. It's the sixth, is it Jules? Podcast that we've shared now and we are very honoured to have Vicky Brown here with us, who is um, an, an awesome, amazing psychiatrist and consultant for older people living in Cornwall. And I think you're a Cornish woman born and bred. We're going to learn a little... <laughs> We're going to learn a little bit more about you and um, thank you so much for giving us your precious time, Vicky. So I'm going to hand it straight over to you and ask you the first question, which is, can you tell us a little bit of your story and how you got into the work that you do and maybe give us a brief outline on the work that you've been doing? Uh, thank you very much. Um, I am an old age psychiatrist, which means I specialise in looking after older people and I came into that after going to medical school um, I am as you say a Cornish girl from Penzance well so just and um, went to school in Penzance and uh, I wanted to get as far away as I could so I went to Edinburgh and um, <laughs> then I got homesick and I came back uh, while I was in Edinburgh, I felt drawn to psychiatry. I was just really interested in people and their stories. And that, that's what took me into psychiatry. And then again, drawn by stories, really. I really liked the stories of older people. They, they'd lived longer. And at that stage, mm. they'd lived through the war. Um, they'd fought in interesting places or they'd been at home and kept the home fires burning. And so their stories were just so interesting. And um, that's really what drew me into old age psychiatry. Wow. Then prevention really came about because um, I, I started in psychiatry in 1993 and the first drug for dementia came out in 1997. And in a very quick succession, three drugs came out for dementia, Aricept, Rivastigmine and Galantamine. And then shortly afterwards, another one, Mimantine. And since then, there's been nothing. And those wow. drugs are OK. They're not brilliant. They're OK. Um, but there's been nothing at all to treat dementia that has actually got onto the market in the UK. So there have been several false dawns uh, with drugs that might fight amyloid, but they've always turned out not to be safe enough. Um, there's the new monoclonal antibodies that you've probably heard about in the news from last year, um, but they're still not available. Um, so... Uh, it struck me that if we can't treat it, we've got to prevent it. So that sent me down the prevention route. And I've been um, I got into that through the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine, uh, went to their conference in 2019. And there was an absolutely amazing talk um, uh, by Professor uh, Robert Elwood. Yeah. So there was an amazing study by Professor Robin Elwood of Carefilly. And what they'd done was they'd noticed that people with particular lifestyles had a reduced risk of dementia of about 68% compared to other people, um, which is obviously fantastic and just shows what can be achieved. So that's how wow. I came to be here. Wow. Gosh, my brain is firing off in so many different directions. Is it yours as well, Jules? 
definitely yeah wow so you talk about prevention um you know obviously the earlier the better when we start making yeah. life changes um but do you think you know there's a, a cut-off point you know you definitely need to start making these changes to to actually notice an effect on your you know chances of getting dementia would you say so the um lancet uh paper in 2020 um, which is a really big paper on, on preventing dementia. So it's never too early and it's almost never too late. So um, even when someone's got mild cognitive impairment, it looks like we can probably reduce their risk of going on to develop dementia or possibly just slow down the rate that they get dementia. There are certainly studies that show you can slow down the rate of, of dementia progressing. Um, but ideally, you want to have made a change by middle age, I think that's but it's it's never too late. If you haven't done it by middle age, you know, still have a go because there are studies that have shown changes for people in their 70s. Wow. I'm fascinated to hear a little bit more. I've not heard this before about an antibody and that this was in the news. What What's all that about, Vicky? So um, in the autumn last year, um, there, there was a big rash of, of, of news from press releases from the drug companies about these uh, three new drugs that are monoclonal antibodies. What that means is that they've harnessed cells from the body to just create one species of antibody. So an antibody is like a key that can unlock or lock something. And so um, that these are the key to getting rid of amyloid in the brain. So they, they effectively attack amyloid in the brain. Amyloid is one of the proteins that's found in the brain of people with Alzheimer's disease. So they've released these three drugs. They have tremendous promise if everything about them is true. Um, but we do know that drug companies often exaggerate a little bit when they release something. Um, and they will take a little while before they're available in the UK. That's because uh, you need um, to be in hospital while the drugs are given because they're given by infusion and you need wow. um, monthly MRI scans. And we just don't have anywhere in the UK really uh, the, the capacity to give um, all those people with dementia monthly MRI scans. You can only have it if you've got um, Alzheimer's disease, so it's not suitable for people with, say, Lewy body dementia or vascular dementia, and you can only have it if um, you're in a particular stage of the disease and not if you're prone to bleeding um, because they can cause brain bleeds um, and inflammation Gosh. in the brain. So they're, they're potentially very good. They're meant to slow down the rate of, of Alzheimer's by about a third um, of Alzheimer's progression. Um, but we haven't really seen their use in this country yet. It, it all comes from drug trials. Um, they've been licensed. One of them, possibly more, have been licensed in America. Um, but certainly with Aducanumab, there was a bit of a shadow over its um, licensing process that it was not done properly. Wow. Brilliant. I think it's interesting that we seem to have so much investment in different challenges that human beings face, for example, cancer, and yet there doesn't seem to be as much with um, different forms of dementia. What do you think about that? That's a really good point. So until very recently, 
um, little money was put into dementia dementia research um I, ca I can't remember the exact ratio but but it might have been 10 to 1 something like that possibly even higher um there has been an increase since 2010-ish the prime minister's dementia challenge david cameron made a, a dementia challenge um and started increasing investment in research and that's when dendron came about which is a big research network specifically for dementia and neurological disorders um so i think uh dementia has got more research money but i don't think it's at parity with um say cancer or heart disease i don't think but i'm not an expert in that yeah it's definitely i think you if you know you are affected by it then it's definitely something people talk about but generally you don't really hear that much people talking about it, do you? Really, until they sort of get older. Um, there's still a lot of um, beliefs about it. So I heard someone in, in, in my family mention recently, you know, oh, well, I just thought that was part of old age, you know, getting dementia mm. and memory loss. And, I, you know, I had to tell them, I was like, actually, it's not a part of old age getting dementia and it is preventable. Yeah. Um, so do you, what do you know, do you think there needs to be more publicity about educating people, you know, what we can do to lower our chances of getting dementia, um, sort of like the stop smoking campaigns and things yeah. like that? Going back to the beginning of your question, I think dementia is a really hidden disease. People with dementia, they tend to stay indoors. And when they've got really late stage dementia, um, they, they tend to go to institutions with locked doors. Um, so people don't see them. Um, uh, and so um, it's not like uh, a lot of other diseases where people go out and about where they mix with people um, I think not only do people with dementia forget but we forget the people with dementia you know they're 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 put away um, not not literally anymore you know so much but I think dementia is really overlooked I think that's a, a very valid point you make um, absolutely yes there should be um, uh, more publicity about it and there have been um, companies organizations doing that so i think alzheimer's research uk was publishing a leaflet um that you could get online um that that was sort of telling you about how you could reduce your risk of dementia i've been doing um dementia reduction teaching for about a year and in that time i think more and more people are beginning to realize that you can reduce dementia um wow yes but we need more publicity and we're working with so public health to do that so I'm chomping at the bit now. So you, you're saying that you're doing for the last year, you've been doing um, doing keynote talks and going around to different places and talking about dementia reduction. So could you give us a little blast of what the sort of things might be or talk to us about? Uh, yeah, give us a kind of condensed uh, essence of what you're sharing when you're going around. So um, I suppose the, the key thing is dementia is potentially preventable so 40 to 60 percent of it's preventable um we, that, that still means some people will get it you know regardless just because of luck that sort of thing um so the the big things that make a difference are hearing so looking after our hearing which i think is is a massively uh not understood topic uh but 
um, making sure that you get your hearing tested, wearing hearing aids if you get them. Um, it, that that's one thing. Um, and I think that that encompasses a whole load of other stuff, like making sure your ears are waxed because that's no longer on the NHS. Um, treating wow. things like diabetes um hypertension um cholesterol you know making sure your heart is healthy because if your heart is healthy then um your your brain is much likely much more likely to be healthy um treating loneliness i don't think um it was previously realized how much loneliness until the last i don't know five or six years loneliness increases your risk of dementia wow um uh, then there are things like exercise. Exercise is massively important, um, and that that works through through a few different mechanisms, really. So one is because if you exercise, you make your heart healthier, you make your blood vessels healthier. So that's one mechanism. Another is that if you do resistance exercise and you build up healthy muscles, um, then those muscles produce chemicals that go to your brain and send a signal to your brain um, to do its tidying up its gardening or whatever to to prune away what it doesn't need to compost you know recycle uh the waste wow. and and bring in fresh stuff so uh building muscles is important but also if if we exercise we tend to sleep better sleep is really important for our brain health um and another thing that exercise does for us is that it if we have more muscle we have better glucose regulation and sugar in in peaks is toxic for brain cells so um it sort of causes brain cells to age faster they get more oxidative oxidative stress um and they can't use their energy supplies properly um, if there's too much sugar around. So the brain really needs sugar, but it needs it at a constant, steady, low level. And blood sugar spikes are bad for it. If you've got muscle mass, then that helps you keep that sugar more regulated. Um, obviously, other things help, like not eating <laughs> huge spikes of sugar uh, if you're diabetic, looking after your insulin and taking your medicine. But muscles are, are another tool in our armory to, to keep our blood sugar in check. Um, so uh, what else is there? Um, avoiding things like smoking, tobacco, air pollution. Um, that Those are all important. Eating a good diet. Um, and here we talk about... Uh, trying to eat a whole food diet so not eating processed food because processed foods are associated with increased risk of dementia um particularly processed meat um wow. but uh other meats sort of non-processed meat small amounts are associated with less risk of dementia and that seems to be because meat's a really important source of b12 so if you're vegan or vegetarian i'd urge you to take b12 that's really important i'm vegan i'm not against vegans i just think we should take our b12 um other vitamins are important um chronic iron deficiency vitamin d deficiency um uh, what else is important? Um, the other B vitamins, B6 and 9. Um, uh, and omega-3 th omega fatty acids, which we can get from fish or algae or take as a supplement. 
Um, so that's a sort of nutritional side of it. Um, there, there's evidence that there was a community in America where they gave everyone a multivitamin and the people who took the multivitamin compared to the people who didn't take the multivitamin had less dementia overall. I'm a bit wary of that approach because I think yeah. um, taking vitamins you don't need is unnecessary and expensive. Um, so I, I think it's better to kind of target them to what you need. Um, what are the other things? Cognitive stimulation, lifelong learning, really, really important. So education up to secondary school age reduces your risk of dementia, but so does lifelong learning. So um, things that people can do, learn a musical instrument, learn a foreign language, learn computer programming, anything that wow. stretches your brain teaches you new things moving your brain in your body in space like learning dancing or a new sport that way you've got the exercise and the learning and if you're doing it with friends then you've got the social side too so That's we should so all be going great. to zumba or ballroom dancing or something <laughs> amazing wow wow those are really good tips actually and i think you know maybe you won't try all of them in one go but if you you know would you say which one would you recommend is probably going to have the biggest impact you know exercise diet which one if I you're going to make one change in your life now you know for this year because obviously we always try and make changes and people you know fail if they do more than one what would you recommend if you're deaf I'd say get that sorted, get your hearing aids if you or, or get it tested. But if you're not deaf, which most of us aren't hard of hearing, it's exercise. Um, and you should be aiming, uh, we should all be aiming um, for 30 minutes of exercise um, five times a week. So 150 minutes of moderate exercise. That's the sort that makes you breathless, a bit pink, a bit sweaty and um, able to keep talking but not sing. Uh, which uh, but wow. singing is also good for your brain <laughs> yeah. that's amazing amazing yeah. can I oh, ask I... a question as well sorry Jules hold on to it I was just going to say so your work that you're doing now where can people find you how would people be able to find you um well at the moment, what I'm doing is um, I'm, I'm doing the tier two training for um people for I'm employed indirectly by the commissioners to do um, the training for people who are HCAs, people in care homes like um, uh, activity coordinators or that sort of uh, job or, or any I mean there, there are nurses, there are pharmacists, all sorts of people come to that teaching and that is on the Kerno Health website, um, if you wanted to come to that. It is open to other people, but if you're a carer for dementia, we tend to point people towards the ProMass training, which is um, which is more, more tailored um, to carers. Um, if you wanted me to, to come and speak to you, just send me an email. My email address is uh, vicky.brown, just spelled like the colour, V-I-C-K-Y dot brown, spelled like the colour, uh 32 at nhs.net um and we can put the link in all of this okay. as well but thank yeah. you thank you um but we're also looking at making a video which we haven't done yet um to make more widely available sort of to be on the council's website and the nhs website um just outlining these things you can google uh for it but the web 
the the videos you get tend to be very long very scientific or too brief and don't include enough information so right. we're planning to make one for Cornwall that's more tailored I've actually been on that tier two training um oh have you yes I did it a couple of years ago when I first started this role and it's really good actually it's a really it's brilliant good foundation to have I think if you are interacting with anyone that has um, dementia or memory loss um I think yeah it's it's a, a great course to do yeah. Um, yeah and you don't have to work for NHS or social care to do it you can just go to the website and sign on yeah and that's the tell us the name of the website again it's Kerno Health Kerno Health and okay it's and that's for dementia anybody. and delirium training okay awesome awesome Jules is there anything else you want to ask oh yeah I was just Going back to what you were saying, you know, the changes that um, people should make and you mentioned um, getting your ears tested and how, you know, hearing has been linked to memory loss and dementia. Is, is that predominantly people who are not born deaf, I'm assuming, people that are um, losing their hearing in later life? Or is it also, does it also have an association with people who, you know, maybe are deaf a from a young age? Yeah. Mm. So it applies to people who have congenital deafness and people who acquire deafness earlier in life too. Um, so whatever the cause of your deafness, it puts you at increased risk of dementia. Um, uh, but you can do something about it by wearing your hearing aids or if you've got congenital deafness, I think you can get something like a cochlear implant or whatever if you're in the UK. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, in other countries, not all these things are available it makes sense doesn't it because if you your one of your major senses is muted if you like you're not getting that stimulation and you're switching off from you know um from making conversation if you're continually struggling to hear and i think people have a bit of shame as well about saying yeah. pardon 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 can you and you give up in the end yeah so again it's that, embarrassing that, isn't it yes yeah. Yes. You think people are going to get frustrated. So uh, it really makes sense. And isn't there um, something, Jules, I'm trying to remember, but once a month in Truro, you can go and get your hearing aids yeah. and get them fitted for free. The NHS are doing that. Well, there that's is. Really and, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we can find a link and, and pop it up on onto yeah. um, once this goes online. But I do remember something like that. Yeah. Were you going to say something there, Vicky? I was just going to say that's really good because people don't always know where to turn. And um, I, I think yeah. um, it's it's good. Yes, yeah, so you we'll can also that, get we'll your hearing tested for free. Um, I recently had my ears because I keep hearing this, you know, you need to get your check your hearing, check your hearing. So I got a bit worried and I recently had mine checked for free um, at Specsavers. I had a, a test. So, you know, it is, you know, you can get it chested Good. quite easily in Cornwall excellent well I think we're done what do you reckon this yeah that's so lovely to meet you Vicky and to talk with you and um really really informative and inspirational isn't it some simple um lifestyle changes or reassuring to some people that are already doing that to keep doing yeah. that I also think like because a lot of people I liked that you said you know that it doesn't matter what age you make these changes because I think sometimes you get to a certain age 
what I've noticed, you know, going to the cafes and you sort of think, oh, well, it's too late for me. I can't make any, it's not going to affect this disease anymore. And it's like, no, no, it will affect it. And it can have a positive effect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for example, there's a Swedish study that showed the more social contact people have, which is why memory cafes are so important, the slower their dementia went down downhill. Wow. So, you know, that shows the importance of having somewhere to go because people do get really lonely. Um, I've got a little mnemonic. I don't know if you can see it for all the different things. Um, I was wondering if it would help if I posted it, emailed it to you, and yeah. you could put it in the link. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be amazing. Really good. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been really thank inspiring. You. you made it's it so lovely thank you you made it so pain-free this is about the fourth (laughs) one I've done and this was by far the easiest and I think it was lovely having the two of you to chat to and also seeing your faces because a lot of them I've done without seeing faces and you're so right seeing faces makes a big difference (laughs) it does doesn't it animals aren't we 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 need to see faces we need to be to to receive smiles and nods and all of that to feel what we're saying and doing is good yeah I think I saw you at a conference, actually, and you were talking about this um, at a GP event. um, Oh, I was, yeah. The year before, yeah. I did for them as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. Well, nice um, to meet you. Thank you very much. See you again. Cheers. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.